Hello once again. Welcome to Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langling. I'm so glad that you're spending a part of your day with myself today. I've got a wonderful special guest today. Her name is Beth Caldwell coming to us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. She is a leadership expert and author and all kinds of many other things outside of being an inspirational person herself and an encourager. So please grab your cup of coffee, sit back, relax, and let's listen into the show. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Let Fear Bounce. This is your host, Kim Langling. I am so pleased that you've decided to spend just a small portion of your day with myself and my special guest coming to us from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Beth Caldwell. She is the founder of Pittsburgh Professional Women, which has been going strong for 17 years now. Awesome sauce. Beth is also, she is a social worker turned authorpreneur. She's a popular writer and columnist in the United States, and she's the author of 13 popular books on leadership and personal development. Her articles have appeared in Smart Business Magazine, the Pittsburgh Business Times, American City Business Journals, and Thrive Global. Beth believes that the number one problem facing women in America today is the constant worry of what others think. And she's also done a tremendous amount of things that have re required much courage. And we're going to dig into that with her today. Beth, thank you so much for joining me on Let Fear Bounce today. Hello, Kim. So nice to be here. Now, Beth and I have known each other for, for a minute, for a minute or two. I think I first met her, gosh, 2000. When was it? 2014, 13, somewhere around there, I think. It's been a few years. It was, was it during the Inspire book? I it, think was it was during the Inspire, Inspire book. book, yes. Yeah. That was, you put, you collaborated that book project, and that was the very first time that I was published in an anthology. And I remember, you know, the talks that I have with you, Kim, it's interesting because I remember that talk where you told me about your time in the service and coming home from the service and what you did. And I can even remember exactly where I was sitting as you told me that story. So your stories stick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I, I recall now that you mentioned that several conversations that you and I had where I was saying, I can't do this. I don't think I can share this story. I thought I could, but I'm not sure I can. This is too hard. That was a toughie. That was that was a toughie, but you're a very good encourager. And you helped me see outside my bubble of fear to get those words down on paper and actually published. So I guess this is a long overdue thank you for that. Oh wow. And look what look what now once you started talking, look what happened. I know. Isn't this fun? Yes. <laughs> So all kinds of stuff you, you've done so much over the years and in the years that I've known you, you know, I, I see what you do. I've attended some of your, uh, your events. I'm a member of the Pittsburgh professional women networking group. I want to start with that. Actually, you founded that in 2004, I believe what spurred you to say, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to form this, this networking group for professional women in Pittsburgh. Kim, I was lonely. I was lonely. I was working all the time. I was a divorced mom of two little boys. And if I wasn't working, I was doing laundry <laughs> or I was at the baseball field and I was lonely. 
And all I wanted to do here where we live in the United States, we have this restaurant called Panera, <laughs> Panera Bread, right? And Panera Bread was pretty new in 2004. I remember going in there once with my mom and people would come in and they'd be like, what kind of food do they have? What, what is this restaurant? They were new because they weren't fast food and they weren't a restaurant. They were sort of a crossover and they had this room and people would come in and be like, do you have to pay for this room? And it began to catch on. And I was had taken my mom out to lunch, probably after a doctor's appointment. And I was looking at that room and I thought what I could do with that room. And all I wanted to do was get maybe four to six women, maybe eight women, most to get together once a month, have some coffee and talk about what's working in your business. And that was my idea. And I went home and I sent an email. I had eight people on my list, including my mom. I had an AOL account <laughs> and that's what happened. And the first event, oh, I think we had 16 or 18 women show up. And at the second event, we had 35 women show up and that was a little too big for the Panera room. And a couple of months later, I started like really stretching out of my comfort zone and I booked a hotel meeting room. And we started then getting 85 to 100 people at events. It was really something that was needed. Wasn't as in most things, you get an idea and you have an idea of exactly how it's going to be. It wasn't exactly how I thought it was going to be, but it was so much better. I love I love how it started out at Panera. You know, you, you were lonely. You wanted to reach out and get connected with more people. And you just, you know, started out at Panera with your mom. That's awesome. And you know, in those early days, Kim, PayPal, PayPal was new. When I started in the beginning, it was just get your own coffee and have a talk. Then I started getting speakers to come in because in 2004, five, six, if you wanted to learn things, so there was no LinkedIn, we had Yahoo groups. Okay. But if you wanted to learn how to build your own website or really write a book or publish a book or publicity, any of those things, you'd have to buy a ticket and go to New York city or Dallas or Vegas or Los Angeles, pay thousands of dollars, be away from your office and your home for days. So I started getting speakers and then I would just split the costs. So I was like, well, if I can get 10 women to each give $35, we can have the speaker come in, say how to publish your own book, okay? And in those early days, people would call me on the phone. They'd be like, what is PayPal? I don't really know. I, can I just give you my card number over the phone? I'm like, I don't really take credit cards. You know, it was just like all this thing, learning all that. And the other question that I got all the time was, well, if you're getting together with all women, I mean, aren't they kind of mean to each other? And I was like, no, why would you think that? Who's mean? Why would women be mean to each other? I lived in my own little bubble because I had my own business. But you know, I learned about that. There are some women who are not nice to other women. Well, my energy is so freaking positive and I'm so supportive and so full of encouragement. And for goodness sake, an annoying amount of enthusiasm and positivity. So those women would occasionally come to a meeting and they would be like, I gotta get out of here. It's just too sweet in here. It's just too kind. There's just too much enthusiasm. And they would never come back, right? But like, so I didn't even know that those people existed until they started coming to the meetings, you know? And they were always the one that would send a nasty email afterwards. And they, and, and I just didn't even know about that. That's something that I learned. So, but they don't come to my event. They're very uncomfortable at my events. So, yeah, I have found, we all know people like that. We all know people. I, I know I certainly do. And I have come to the conclusion that those are the types of folks that you bless and release. Bless 
and release them because they've got their own issues and they don't want to be an encourager or someone who holds their hand out to help someone up. They would rather use their hand to push them aside, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. And hopefully we can, I say you're pretty kind. I usually kick them to the curb, but I would say, <laughs> uh, let's hope that a little bit of the generosity and kindness and support has, it may be the first time they've been exposed to that. You're right. Yes. And it, yeah, very well could be. And it would make someone, someone uncomfortable. But you know what? Sometimes it's good to be uncomfortable. That's usually when the best stuff happens. Absolutely. I've, I've found that myself personally. I'm sure, well, you have too, because, you know, where you, how, when you first started all of this, like you mentioned earlier, you were a divorced mom, uh, a mother of two kids, and being a, uh, you know, a divorced person when my daughter was younger, I know that that's tough. That's a whole, that's a whole nother conversation, but that's a very tough spot to be in. And then you're building your own business and doing your own thing and wanting to sustain your family. Did you have times where you thought, you know what, I just, I just can't do it. Never. I never did. I did have times when I thought, what are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I can remember one time where I, I really, uh, oh, I I overestimated how successful something was going to be. And I, I was wrong and we were running very low on money and I was pretty scared. But I, it never occurred to me not to work. You know, one time I took a workshop. I, I'm always teaching workshops. And about maybe eight or nine years ago, I paid for a workshop to go to. And I thought, this is going to be so much fun because I'm going to sit in the audience. And this was so interesting. I was sitting in the back row trying to be very invisible and just like take this in. And the woman got up and she started talking about failures not something I would get up in front of a room and talk about, right? She said, I would like to know about all of your failures. And let's make a list now, every time you've ever failed. And Kim, I, start, I started to sweat because there were about 25 women in the room and they were writing frantically. And I couldn't think of one failure. I was like, I'm a failure at failing. I don't belong in this room, what is going on? <laughs> And I was literally sweating because I felt so uncomfortable and women were writing and writing and writing. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to write something. I have to write something. And I was like, oh, I failed at marriage. I failed at marriage. Really wasn't me who failed, but I failed at marriage. Okay. I had something to write down. Right. So then to expound on this, she had people stand up and share their lists. How fun was this? Event, right? So people start to share their list. And I was like, Oh, I've done that. Oh, I did that. Oh, I did that. I never considered it a failure. I just considered it like a mistake or I'm not going to do it that way again. It never occurred to me to stop. Never once. I just kept going. And, you know, maybe it was because I was a mama bear with two cups. So it wasn't even a possibility to stop. Like I had to do it. I mean, that could possibly be why. I didn't overthink anything. I was just like, well, that didn't work. Let's try this. There was one particular time when it was pretty scary and we were out of money. I never thought I would be out of money. And my boys ate pancakes for dinner, not even bacon, just pancakes. They thought that was the best night of the week. (laughs) 
Now, you know, there were a few, there were a few slim times for myself and my daughter, and I became very creative with Raymond noodles. Raymond noodles are so, boy, you can feed a lot. We can also, there are sometimes you could go out to eat with kids where kids ate free or kids ate for a dollar. And I was so savvy. I would get enough food that they would have lunch and dinner for the next day. And I did it all for under 10 bucks. I mean, you figured it out. And usually those places were full of under of other single parents as well. It also could be a dating place. Too. Right. <laughs> right. One thing I learned to do, well, and I've always been able to do it because I've been, I've always been, I've always earned my own money since I was 13, you know, had my first job and I've always been able to stretch a dollar and save. And that's just, you know, that's just wired in me. That's just the kind of person I am. But I also, when you were mentioning how you went to that workshop and the first thing she said was, I want to hear about your failures. And then she had everyone stand up and talk about their failures. I think I would have been closer to you sitting there thinking, what if I failed at? Things didn't necessarily work the way I wanted them to, but I never looked at something for me personally as a failure. I was like, oh, okay, well that, wow, that didn't work, but let's tweak it this way. And, you know, like you said, you just kept going. And I think that's, is that, uh, I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but my thoughts are it, it's uh, the type of person you are, the kind of mindset you have. Because I'm, I'm one that just, you, you keep going. You just got to keep going. You know, don't let, you can't let something completely stop you or derail you because gosh, then you just fall into a pit of despair and who wants to go there? You got to keep going. You just got to keep going, whether it's your own self motivating you or you've got other people around you, make sure you got a good tribe of people around you. But it sounds to me like you're the same type of person and always have been. It sounds like. I always have been. I always have been very intuitive, very trusting. If I get a prompting, if I get a message, if I get something put in me, even if I don't really want to do it, I've learned to do that. And I think that people ignore their inner messages because of what other people think of them. And I think that maybe, you know, I, I think, Kim, you're optimistic too. I would say optimism is my superpower. It's something I was born with, but I do think you can learn it. I think you learn it by hanging around other optimistic people, if optimism is what you want to be more of. You know, I said, and I have said many times that the biggest problem women have is what do people think of me? And I think that comes from what happens to us in school, where we're right at the beginning of preschool marked as a pass or fail. And I think that's how we get trained to think we're failures because we get, you know, I work with authors just like you do, and they're terrified to work with an editor because the editor is gonna tell them everything they did wrong. And they go back to their eighth grade teacher, eighth grade English teacher putting red marks. Listen, in my house, we edit with a, a light teal blue pen because red, red ink just brings out the failure feeling in all of us, right? <gasps> she doesn't like my writing. Listen, my editor is amazing. She makes my good writing amazing. So we should be excited to work with our editors, but we've been taught to fear criticism because we're we think we've been taught in school that you know you're not good enough you're not worthy enough you're not the best and that's a big problem right uh, I, I like to think that you come into this world thinking that you are the smartest bravest most creative most intelligent human on the earth and you're the only one who is right and then you go to school and that is just taught right out of you <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and the whole the whole gender thing through the ages. And I, you know, we've seen it change from, you know, from way before I was born, the difference from what it is today is huge. But there's still some of that stereotypical mindset, I think, that sits in a lot of women's heads. I've never been that way. I've never... I've never been that kind of person. I've, I've always been the one to question the status quo. At times I've, I've questioned it well, and at times I've probably not questioned it well. But I learned as I grew how to use my words the right way. But I, I know so many that are fearful of stepping outside of their perceived box that they're supposed to be in. Or maybe they've been put in and they didn't realize it. It's unfortunate that and there are many women i know a lot myself that feel put in this box and sometimes i just want to say bust out of it sweetie <laughs> yeah it's, it's not safe i think that's um the more you know i've written 13 books so you know the first three of them i was anxiously waiting to hear all the things that i did wrong and then by the fourth book i i began to realize wow this is she's my team member she's here to make me look amazing. She's not here to tear me down. So I think the, just like with anything, the more you do something, the easier it gets. Um, as far as, Kim, you are an optimist, right? You're, you're so ahead of your time. Look at you joining the military right out of high school in a time when that was rare. Uh, you're very ahead of your time. The truth is we still ask little boys different questions than we ask little girls. Today, still today, and and we're in the United States of America. In other countries, there are still women today that you know are owned by their husbands and are not allowed to drive and they're not allowed to have jobs. It's very hard to imagine that today in 2022 we have women that are owned. So we have a long way to go. But even today, I will notice as we're back to having family gatherings, how the little boys are asked, how did you do in math class and how do you like science? And the same little girls are asked, do you have a boyfriend? We do that. We are programmed to do that. That's part of society. It's part of being, you know, we're at the end of the patriarchal time period. And it's women like you that show that girls can be independent. And while we do have a lot of independent women, we still have a long way to go. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I'm, you know, and I'm thankful that, you know, my daughter, she just turned 32 and I raised her and she saw mama being that way. I raised her to think for herself, be independent. And one of the main things I told her is you've always, always, sweetie, once you're out and on your own, you make sure that you can take care of yourself because you never know what life's going to throw at you. So, you know, you fall in love and get married. Awesome. I wish nothing but the best, but don't, don't place everything, your whole life on that because you never know it's life can change on a dime. And I always encouraged her, make sure you can take care of yourself. And she did. And she kept that in mind and she would bring that up every once in a while. She'd be like, well, mom, I did this. I paid this off and I was able to put this much in savings and I would just cheer her on. I'm like, oh my gosh, you've got more saved than I do. you know. <laughs> and it's just, it's awesome. I, I, I'm actually, I'm pretty darn proud of the young lady that's the strong, independent young lady that she's turned out to be and, and successful. You know, I think every parent, that's your dream to watch your kids be successful and, and be 
just good human beings. You know? Congratulations to you for doing that. That's fantastic. I feel like we should start saying to little girls, instead of saying, uh, do you have a boyfriend or where would you like to have your wedding? We could say, have you picked a financial advisor yet? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yes. <them>. Why not? <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and, and when it was, it was so, it was interesting, but yet fun when they weren't taught in school how to do checkbooks and stuff like we were in school. And at least I was in school. We were taught how to do that. So when she got her first job and I said, you will get your first job at 16. We live in the country. So I said, I know I'm going to have to drive you back and forth. I'm willing to do that. Um, so she got her first job and she said, well, what do I do with my checks? I said, well, we're going to open up an, uh, a checking and a savings account. And that just like opened, opened the world to her because as soon as she, and she went with me, she signed all of the stuff and you know, she had those two books that at the time is what you did. You had your checkbook and your savings account book. That was really exciting stuff. And it made her, it gave her that sense of accomplishment and wow, I can do this. And I, you know, I just, I wish, I wish all parents would teach their kids. That would be like one of the, you know, like financial advisor. Teach them how to, to physically write a check. <laughs> and let them see you having a meeting with your financial advisor. Let them see you planning your financial, your retirement. So important. So much more is caught than taught. And, you know, at Pittsburgh Professional Women, to bring that topic back around, I have always been passionate about providing financial empowerment and education to women. And always the ones that have financial topics i say your daughter between four or 14 and 24 is free so bring your daughter with you i want those young women coming to see what's possible for them to see that you know listen look we've come a long way look at depending on how old you are okay i'm of the age where when my grandmother was born in the united states of america she wasn't allowed to vote when I was born, and you guys, I'm not that old, but it wasn't until 1972 in the United States that a woman could have her own checking account without the signature of a husband or father. That was not that long ago. No, it's not. And I Before bet that, you a lot of people don't know that. A lot of people don't realize that. They take it for granted. I can remember going to the bank with my mother when I was 18 and her saying, now, does my husband have to come in? And the bank woman at the bank said, no, ma'am. Are you sure? No, ma'am. This is fine. She can be on her all by herself. You let girls do that? My mother was just shocked. She thought we were going to get in trouble. That was what, so when my mom was born, it was, she could vote, but she couldn't have a checking account. She couldn't have a credit card. Isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And so for our girls to have not even know about that, and just that they can have, they can own houses, they can own property, they can own businesses. It's just, you know, when my mother was 18, it was, do you want to be a nurse? Do you want to be a teacher? Do you want to work in the factory? That's it. Right. We can do anything. Oh, if our grandmothers could see what we're doing right now, talking on the internet. Uh, you know, I have a meeting with my business coach before this. I have a publicity meeting today. I have a marketing meeting today. And then I'm going to go take a whole bunch of money and deposit in the bank. My grandmother would be so happy, right? <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, we really, we have, we have more opportunity now than we ever have. And I think it's really up to us early adapters, which is what you are, uh, uh, to make sure that, that other folks know what's possible. I completely agree. Completely agree. And I like that early adapters. You don't hear that very often. That is what you are, my friend. You're, you are right at the beginning of that trend setting of independence. <laughs> Love it. Yay. <laughs> wow. This see, and I love how these conversations go on. Let fear bounce. Cause it just, how they veer and twist and turn, but everything is fascinating. And I, I'm loving this. I'm loving this conversation. I, I'm loving how it went simply because I, I firmly believe that, that women are amazingly resilient and strong. I mean, just amazingly resilient and strong. And I think a lot of time, well, I know a lot of times that's taken for granted. Now I'm not here to bash men at all, but I have a voice and I'm going to use it. And I, I wish that more women would more and more are, but do it for, do it for good and do it in a, a good way. You know, we're, we're a very interesting time in history because we're coming to the end of a patriarchal time period. So before that, we were the women, the pendulum goes both ways. So we were at matriarchal society where women did the money and they made the decisions and the men didn't like all that. They took that off away and then women were owned and women had no rights and they had to marry well if they wanted to have a good life. And so we're swinging back to the end of that patriarchy and men do get a bad rap right now, which is, is that sucks, right? Yes. Because they're not being burned at the stake though. Let's not go that far. They're still getting away with a lot, right? So, uh, so but it's, and I feel like it'll swing back to where really, I, I really believe that, you know, a, a, a smart, a, a, let's see, an evolved man, a, a, an emotionally intelligent man, Okay, and an emotionally intelligent woman, we still have a lot to learn from each other. There are things that men do very well. And I talk about it in a lot of my classes, negotiation and even visibility and accepting awards. Men do that so well. Single tasking, which in meditation and having a clear mind, men do that so well. But there's a lot of things that women do very well, like multitasking, which is a superpower. Uh, you should only use your superpowers when you're saving someone's life right? So we multitask a little more than we should. That's something we could learn from men. They could learn a little more from us. Uh, you know, th the truth is we need each other. Right. We truly need each other. And so if we can get to a point where we don't have to hate one another to get along, that we can truly be, if you're Christian, you know, I don't think that, that Adam, Adam and Eve were together so that they could survive together, not so that one would own the other. Right. We were designed to live together in harmony. <laughs> That's how we were designed. So, so I feel like we're coming to the end of this patriarchal time period and the women right now, the leaders right now are leading not just the country, but the world through this time. It's our example. It's us having the courage to speak up. It's us having the courage to be independent, buy businesses, buy real estate, invest our money, uh, hire people. <laughs> make money. It's, it's the courage that we have that is helping to get us through this very interesting time in history. You know, I've found, I've found amazing over the past two years. I mean, the world has completely opened up and I can, I can talk to people for, and I, I joke around with my family and they'll be like, well, what'd you do today? Well, I was like, well, I popped over to South Africa and then I 
Then I was in Germany for about an hour and a half because the world is open. You know, you can you can talk to people from different countries every day, all day, um, you know, through the Internet and all that, how, it, how it's just opened up to us. And um, business-wise, I see so many women they've they've made their own jobs they've made their own business it wasn't a business before it wasn't something that you could research they just said this is what i'm really good at and this is what i'm going to do and how can i make it happen and it's just amazing and you off mic you had mentioned you had mentioned um yeah a lady that <laughs> had invented something seemingly so simple but brilliant and she's doing phenomenal with it in this century, in the early 2000s, late 1900s, early 2000s, early 20th century, I mean to say, if you had an idea that you wanted to patent and bring to market, you had to be rich. You had to have money. And this is what's different now. Anybody can invent something today because we all have access. So access was kept from us. And it's no longer. So anybody, even, even if you wanted to just start a business, forget about the fact that I make a living talking. My dad could never get over that. Like, I, I, you get paid to talk? I mean, that, you have been practicing your whole life, So, I, but really they pay you to talk? Let me see that check. I can't understand it, right? <laughs> but to just say, I wanna be a life coach or I wanna be a business coach or I wanna be a consultant, you really had to have an MBA and you had to have a whole lot of money to advertise and that kept people out mm -hmm. even book writing we have seen that industry change you know when i first started writing books it, it would take four years to get published now you can do it in four months it, it, things have really changed because we now have access you know the general people have access so it's been so interesting it has and i you know I'm, I'm always excited to see what's coming next. I might not understand it. So listen, I love so, that about you. All of this is so, you know, a lot of it's so uh, technology. I am, that's not my strong suit. That's not my superpower, technology. So it takes me a little longer to learn it and get used to it and find my groove with it. But once I do, I was like, you know, I get excited about it. Wow, I, I mastered that, you know, and look what I can do now and look who I can reach doing this now. and. It, it, the world has opened and it's been an amazing, an amazing journey, you know, not only for myself, but for you. I mean, I, you know, I see which, see what you've done and the, and the reach that you've had, not only just in Pittsburgh, you know, it, it, it goes way farther than that. Um, and I love, okay, I like to jump around topics apparently too. 17 years, Pitts, Pittsburgh professional women, 17 years this year, right? That's right. May that is awesome. Yeah. So you started from Panera Bread, you and your mom, to where are you at today, 17 years later? Now, I know that you provide all kinds of wonderful classes, whether it's virtual or now starting again um, in person. You mentioned a few of the types of things that you offer, but you are so busy all year round um, with all of these things. So what, what keeps you motivated to just keep rolling and, and driving and getting these things out to people? Because you, it's, you know, it's open to, to women from all over the place. Absolutely. So I, I have a separate business, my own business and my own writing and speaking business, which I, I try to spend most of my time focused on that. 
Pittsburgh professional women is my favorite hobby. It's my ladies lunch group, right? And what keeps me going, Kim, is I love getting in a room, whether it's a virtual room or an in-person room with other like-minded, high-achieving people. And that's what I love about it. And so I usually what happens is it's, it's like anything. You don't want to do it by yourself. So I want to learn. Um, we've got some things coming up. We have how to host a podcast. We have running a global business. So you'll, you'll see a theme here. I have one called Women You Should Meet. I have a Dare to Lead conference. These are all things I want to learn, Kim. I just want to learn them with my friends. So <laughs> it's kind of like having a party every month. It's something I want to learn about a leadership topic. And I get to have 30, 40 people come along with me. And maybe it comes from being a, 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 a working mom because when I go to a Pittsburgh professional women event, you know, at the time, I'd only have to get dressed up that one day, put your makeup on, leave the house, right? And, and so I would meet somebody for coffee before the event, have the event and meet somebody for coffee after. And I got, it's batching. I got all my stuff done in one period of time. And the rest of the month, I'm back in my office doing my work because I had clients. Um, but I want to come back to something you said. You said, I love, I can't wait to see what's coming next. Do you know how unusual that is? Most people don't want to change and they resist, resist, resist. I don't want new technology. I don't want new software. I don't want a new printer. Uh, I, you know, as a consultant, I'll sometimes go into a company to help them with productivity. And one of the, one of the hindrances to productivity is clutter. And I'll say, can we get rid of some of this clutter? And in the closet, there's a printer. It was 35 years old. And they're like, oh, I hate to get rid of that printer. And I'm like, I don't think they make this ink anymore. And they're like, oh, you know, <laughs> people don't like change. They don't like change. And if you really want to be successful at this time in history, learn to embrace that change and look at it as something exciting instead of something to, you know, to be grudging, uh, like grudge about and, and grump about, right? It's exciting. So instead of saying, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on this, you say, Look at this new opportunity. These are the people who, who do well in business. They're the ones who are the early adapters. Yeah, I think technology is going to take on. What happened to our old publishing companies? Oh, they'll never do it. We're the top five, right? And the early adapters going, I think this could work. <laughs> Look what's <laughs> happened. Look what's happened. I could talk to you for hours. Now, now I'm glad you mentioned publishing uh, because I wanted to ask... You've got a new book coming out soon, don't you? Or has it already come out? I have a couple of new books come out. I have one com coming out called Manifests, which I'm so excited about. It's a workshop uh, that I um, taught in the fall. And Manifest is one that's coming out. I have another one coming out that I actually have it here on my desk. And we're doing a final proof. And it's called Position. And it's about, it's, you know, all of my books are nonfiction. So it's about positioning yourself for success to attract clients. It's my favorite thing to do. And, um, you know, in Pittsburgh Professional, when we started doing Panera's meetings, breakfast or lunch meetings, and uh, we, we still do that. And now we've done some half day things. We've even done some overnight retreats. And the last retreat that I did was called, was on manifesting. And uh, so that's my new favorite topic. And I have a book coming out on that. Awesome. Now the ones book, the book prior to this, was it the one that was dare to lead? Oh, it's called women lead women, uh, lead. women lead. Yeah. Women lead came out March of 2020 
And uh, that is a book for women who lead at work, at home, and in the community. And Kim, I think you have that book. And that might have been the last, well, we were supposed to see each other, but there was this thing that happened. And I can't remember what it was, but it canceled everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything was canceled that year. Everything, the world, the world canceled everything. <laughs> so, um, you know, a lot of people, a lot of women don't think they're leaders. A lot of people, women do not think they're leaders. They think they have to be given a title. And that is not true. People watch what you do. They pay attention to what you do. And you're a leader and an influencer, regardless of your title. Uh, there's, there's some chapters in that book, Kim, that wrote themselves. Uh, there was a chapter on intuition. There's a chapter on leading with intention. And that book wrote itself. It was so easy to write. And it was talking about being instead of doing how you are, how you choose to be, how you handle conflict in a meeting, how you handle criticism publicly, how you handle um, being told some bad news. Other people watch how that happens, how you handle, we were talking about working with your financial advisor, how you handle getting a big truckload full of money. <laughs> your kids are watching what you do with that money. Are you gonna blow it? Or are you gonna invest it? Right. Your kids are watching, so you're leading all the time. And I think I think that a lot of people, well, I think most don't realize, and I'm glad you mentioned that. I think most don't realize that um, they are leaders because people are watching. You may never know who they are, but they are. I've, I've had people that I don't know approach me at church or at the store, because I'm, I'm also a co-host for a radio show here locally where I'm at um, for veterans once a week, and they'll recognize my voice if I'm speaking to someone else. And they'll say, we love listening to, to, to you and Rock and Rich each Thursday morning, you know, and you always put a smile on our face, or I was having a really bad morning. So you have no idea the impact that you might have on someone that's why I'm, I'm, I'm so strong about, you know, get your story written down, get it out in the world, use your voice, use your words for good, weave your words so they can, you know, turn into this amazing blanket and just cover others up and give them that, you know, that encouragement hug, that warm feeling because so many people out there in the world need it now. And you, dear heart, are one of those ladies that weaves many blankets that has covered many people and i'm i'm one of them so i thank you for that and i thank you for doing what you continue to do because you it's all heart-led and passion-led and you're damn good at it and don't stop oh, thank you <laughs> i promise i won't <laughs> all right so briefly we have to wrap up here because time flies uh, let folks know where they can find you online and such. And of course, we'll have all of that information in the show notes, but verbally let folks know if they're on the fly or they're listening, they want to write, jot something down real quick. The best place to find me, people call me vitamin bath. So if you need some vitamin bath, go to coachbethcaldwell.com. And every Monday morning, I put out a video called Monday Morning Mastermind. And it, I know, Kim, you see those on, on social media. That uh, you can subscribe to my blog or my newsletter. Either one will get you on that so that you get the Monday Morning Mastermind. I have some master classes on that website if you're interested in 
the imposter syndrome. We touched on that a little bit. I think that's the, oh, the manifest right now uh, is the, is the featured workshop that's on the website. Now, if you want to learn more about that, of course, I'm on all the socials, Beth Caldwell, the woman with the big smile, and um, we'll put the links in there for everybody, but you can find me at coach Beth Caldwell. And for those in Pittsburgh, there is a website, pittsburghprofessionalwomen.com. Awesome. Awesome. This has just been a true pleasure. Um, definitely. I want to have you on again. I want, once your books are out, we will keep in touch because I want you to come on and talk more about your books and stuff like that too. Um, because there's, there's just so much information that needs to be shared. I believe. <laughs> love it. Love it. Thank you for having me, Kim. Oh yeah. This has been awesome. This has been awesome stuff. Love it. And I wish you a wonderful day. Thanks again for being my guest and all of you out there listening. Thank you again for spending a part of your day with myself and my guest today, Beth Caldwell. It has been a true pleasure, and we will see you all again next time. So everybody be well, stay well, and be blessed.